Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Royal Watcher podcast. My name is Saad Salman. I am the founder and editor of the Royal Watcher, a royal contributor for L.com, and now the host of the Royal Watcher podcast. Today, I'm joined by two very special guests, Casper and Gabrielle, to talk about Queen Margarita's 80th birthday celebrations. So let's start with Gabrielle. And hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest, Gabrielle, who is a royal contributor on the Royal Watcher, among many other things, which you'll now explain. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Gabriel. I'm, I'm a Brazilian law student, and it is a pleasure to be here tonight. It's wonderful to have you on. So this week, despite the coronavirus, has been quite busy in the royal world. We've had um, one of the big celebrations was Queen Margaret's 80th birthday which are quite uh, different from what we had planned originally. It was going to be three days of lavish events and then gala all during the month. But due to the virus, everything was canceled and it was much subdued affair. What did you think about it? Oh, yes, I was quite excited to be able to follow all the huge celebrations. But I think that at the moment we are right now, it's quite comprehensible that they had to cancel it. And I'm, I don't think I have my hopes up i mean i'm not thinking they will just postpone the celebrations like they are canceled right yes um there was a bit of hope which i'll talk about in a few minutes but i think for right now they did talk about canceling rather than postponing them but it's quite comprehensible because of where we are right now and yes i think it was the right decision to make even if i myself I'm a bit disappointed because we are not going to have all those events, which were quite, I mean, I think everyone was really looking forward to it because the, the big last celebration that they had in Denmark, I believe it was Crown Prince Frederick's birthday in 2018. Yes, and I think um, bar the Japanese coronation, that was kind of the last big royal event we had um, in general. So... We work uh, like I know personally, I, you know, that I was going to be in Denmark and I was going to witness all the celebrations. And then a lot of yeah, other a... friends on Twitter were also going to be there. So it was going to be really exciting for us. And now, I mean, we will have to wait until 2022 for her Jubilee celebrations. Yes. But well, I mean, in Denmark. I, fingers they, crossed. Anyway. Yes, hopefully. They do have uh, Prince Christian's confirmation sometime this year, and he has lots of royal godparents, so they will have some sort of occasion. And maybe a gala event. That's might uh, they don't really have the gala events in Denmark, but I'm hoping that if all the royals will be in town anyway, they can have like a small gala for Daisy's birthday. And there is. No, I think that we definitely would get a photo shoot. Yes. then the gala would be just like extra yes so let's hope for the best and so one of the things that really i was delighted by was the video that all the foreign royals did for queen margarita if oh yes it was so that. sweet yes because in my last episode i was talking to uh our twitter friend uh jacob and it was really uh I was like, we were talking about what our wildest dream would be. And I was like, oh, I want all the royals to dress up in orders and tiaras and record a birthday message. 
and the orders and TRs didn't work out, but they oh, still yeah. recorded the birthday. You match. got like 50% of your wish. Yes. So I, I was really delighted by that. And Queen Leticia of Spain said something about getting together soon to celebrate the birthday. And that gave me like a bit of hope that maybe there's something else in the pipeline that we don't know about yet. Well, we can always look forward to something to a surprise, I guess. Yes, let's hope. So uh, Denmark had some events, but other roles have been quite busy too. And uh, we've had, uh, rather than uh, a few weeks ago, now we have roles actively participating in the uh, Oh, yes, yes, yes. Really, I think the Countess of Wessex, and uh, the UK, she we've seen pictures of her helping out at cooking and in hospitals. And we also saw Princess Sophia of Sweden, who's become a nurse and to take care of kind of the... Oh, yes. The, new, the news about Princess Sophia were like my favorite new, royal news of the week. I thought it was like, like a really nice gesture. And I hope people do get aware of what she's doing. Because it's like... It's like I feel at this moment where we are like a world pandemic and to see someone doing that kind of work, it's like, I would applaud her. Yes, <laughs> no it's really asked. inspirational. Uh, and I was remembering like similar uh, ties to in World War One when we saw all the royal ladies becoming nurses and really involving themselves in the effort. Oh yes, and just like, Going back to Britain, I just remembered that we even got photos of Prince Andrew and his ex-wife, Sarah. They were delivering, I, I think it was food in our care home. And those gestures, I think, I mean, despite all that they did or what they are doing wrong, I think that it's nice to see a, a kind gesture of that kind. Yes, actually, I did. I totally forgot about that because I did see a tweet about that. And I saw lots of, you know, on, on Royal Twitter these days, there's lots of people making awful comments and environment. But really, uh, that's something I didn't really, and it's good that you brought it up because it's important that, yeah, even though all these things have happened, doesn't stop kind of them having this obligation to do good. And I think they really did. And I mean, I also follow Princess Eugenie on Instagram and she's always highlighting the contributions she's making to NHS workers in Britain. And it's, it's nice to see that during these hard times for so many people that they are like trying to do their best to be present and to show support. Yes, it's a really good, especially because that is a big part of royalty is to bring people together and it's really nice to see how they are doing that in this current situation as well. Oh, yes. And I think it was a subject of last episodes. Uh, of, uh, it was a part of last week's episode. But you, you were discussing about the Queen's speech from that Easter message. And it, I, I really thought it was something so special. Like when she said we will get together again, it was really special. And... I, I only hope that uh, that many other countries had that kind of stable leadership. Yes, it was really lovely to hear from her, and because um, I'm a subject of the queen as well. 
And it's amazing to think how really she is talking to the global audience. And in a time we were seeing so many other global leaders spreading division and hate and intolerance, the queen is telling people to get um, come together and giving, offering a message of hope. Oh yes, I mean, in my country, and I'm from Brazil, as I said just a few moments ago, my president thinks that the COVID-19 is nothing more than a flu and that people will get it and some people will die, but he thinks that we shouldn't be locked down. He thinks that we should be working so that the economy won't suffer as much. And to have at least one, one world leader say something like that, it was really special for me personally. Yes, it is a really interesting times that we live in. And uh, talking about the jerks, we also got final confirmation that Princess Beatrice's wedding has been canceled. And that oh, yes. is um, not unexpected at this point, but I wonder when and how it'll be rescheduled. Or if they'll have kind of similar celebrations as what they had planned, or will it be at something totally else? I mean, I just, I just want to start saying that I really feel so sorry for her because, I, I mean, it's like everything is totally happening in a way that will, that doesn't help her, especially yeah, considering her father's situation. And like now her wedding is being postponed due to a world pandemic. And it's just so sad to, to see her on that kind of situation. But I think they would, I mean, if I'm just going hypothetical here, I would think that they would just like, postpone the event but would do basically the same thing that they had planned maybe they would change lo uh, locations but that's what i found would be reasonable to do yeah i think that's what is going to be the most viable at this time and there's also so in may we were supposed to have the wedding of princess theodora of greece and that's you haven't heard a lot about it cancelled as well I heard a bit um, on the forums and from a couple of royal insiders that the date was the 23rd of May. Uh, but I mean, given the circumstances, it is quite likely postponed to a later date. Oh, yes. Almost 99% sure. Yes. That it will not take place. And if it takes place, it will be just like the bride and groom and some, someone officiating the event. And okay. I don't think they would go for that. No, especially because that was going to be a really big royal event of the year because the Greek royal family is so close to the other royal families. Oh, yes. We would be seeing Danish royals, Spanish royals. It would be a Swedish and Norwegians as well. And then her godmother is Queen Elizabeth II. So we would probably see a British representative as well. Oh, yes. I, I would guess Prince Michael of Kent. Oh, that's for it's sure. Just a guess. Uh, and I think probably someone senior as well. Oh, yes. It would be nice. So, yes. And, Let's I mean, we still have something to look forward to. What? Uh, we still have something to look forward to uh, with these two royal oh, yes. things. We have lots of events to hope for. Yes. And so um, we also have that. We have the Japanese state visit to the UK. Oh yeah, I had gonna be forgotten about about it. So, I mean, 
once we get through the crisis, we have things to look forward to. And actually now I want to use this opportunity to transition into uh, talking a bit about you and how you got into royalty. How I got into royalty. Um, a few years ago, it was like between 2015, 2016, I was going through my last years of high school. And the way it works here is that we have lots of classes and it's like completely exhausting. So it came to a moment where I was like in class, but I wasn't really paying any attention. And then I just started reading like loads of information while I was sitting at those classes. And it was like, it was something that was growing inside of me that interest. And I just kept reading until today. And I mean, what I found most interesting about royalty and royals is that sense of history to which they belong and that sense of continuity. And I mean, speaking as a law student, I also like to understand the role that those monarchs play on those countries. I have read like the constitution of some of those European monarchies to understand their role, what kind of authority they may have. And yes, I think that's pretty much it. Yes, so it has, I think continuity in history is one of my kind of favorite reasons for why I follow royalty too. And uh, I think it is one of those um, things that really does, uh, it, it's really fascinating for me to see how they're still as relevant in the modern era when royalty is not necessarily that common. But it's just wonderful to see how their families and their livestock still continues to go forward today. Oh, yes. And looking, looking to the future, and that's something that I have, it's like, it's a personal opinion, obviously. I hope that they won't go into celebrity mode. They will continue to play the same role they, they've been performing for decades and centuries in some cases. Because I think what we've seen recently would indicate that they will be transitioning into a new role. But as I said, I really hope that that's not the path for them. And that especially Britain, because they have the most exposure. Yes, it is a very like uh, tight rope between uh, celebrity and royalty. And they are, they have had a couple of tumultuous few months. Oh, yes. And this, I mean, I'm not one to go into those polemic, I think would be the word, cases. But as we've seen with Prince Harry and his wife, the Duchess of Sussex, uh, I think we've seen that celebrity and royals are not two concepts that go along very well together. And yeah. it's important to keep that distance always very clear and 
Yes, I, I think I've, I've, I've been able to make a clear message. Yes, I think what I see as the clear difference between royalty and celebrity is that uh, celebrity kind of work to promote themselves and their own brand, while royalty have this position where they're supposed to kind of represent their country and promote that rather than them. Oh, yes, exactly, exactly. If you are speaking about a celebrity, then you are like really your focus is on the person. And then if you're thinking about royalty as a whole, then you have to think about the role they play in society, uh, the history they represent. You have to know that they will be there in the future just as they are now. And that's like two things completely different from each other. Yes, the institutional is much bigger than the individual in that case. Yes, exactly. That's what I meant to say. And um, I also know that we're both uh, really fascinated by orders and insignia. Oh, and yes, yes. You've written a lot, ton of lovely articles on the Royal Watcher about orders from around the world. But I want to know uh, if you could have a dream list of orders, which ones would you have and why? Oh, a dream list. I would go for the Order of the Elephant in Denmark. I mean, yeah. I think it suits very well with, with our first subject from this episode. And that's actually uh, the first one I was thinking about as well. So, so it's good. I think it, we are like conditioned to talk about it. Yes. Due to the circumstances. <laughs> um, the Order of the Elephant. I. The order, the order of the garter. Yeah, I think I, I hope I said it nicely. Yes, it's, I think that it's a hard word for me to to pronounce. Um, from the UK, obviously, it's yeah. one of the oldest orders in the world, and um, one of the most prestigious as well. Yes, it's like the most prestigious, I think. Uh, for me, uh, I think the most prestigious is the Order of the Golden Fleece. Oh yes, the Golden Fleece, and I mean, not that I'm including that on my list, and but the Golden Fleece is one of the most prestigious, and the military order of William in, in the Netherlands. Yes, that is also, it's also very prestigious. But for my list, I um, to complete my list, that's a tough one. I wasn't ready to answer that. Uh, <laughs> The only one that's coming to my mind now, and I don't think I would keep that answer indefinitely, would be the, oh God, now I'm forgetting its name. The, that order that, that is shared between the Netherlands and Luxembourg. Um, oh, um, the orange? Lion of Nassau. Yeah, the Lion of Nassau, yeah. I think. It's quite interesting because it's the only order that we say that is shared between two monarchs, the King of the Netherlands and the Grand Duke of Luxembourg. And it's quite interesting. Yes, it is a really interesting order. It's, and I love that, um, that the monarchs from the other country give the other countries, oh, yes, uh, yes, royal yes. families, kind of from their side rather than the country itself. Yes, exactly. So if a child from the King of the Netherlands turns 18, then the Grand Duke of Luxembourg will 
awarded to her. Yeah. And the other way around applies if that happens. Oh, so and when Princess Alexander, uh, we oh, have yes? a new baby in Luxembourg coming up in the next few weeks. Oh yes, yes, a really expected baby, I would add. Yes, I know, because a couple of months ago we were even talking about oh how there won't be uh, a baby from the couple, and we were like I know myself I promoted articles with um, like the phrases that his niece or princess I believe Amalia in. Amalia, yes, yes. Yes, and I was like, oh, she's going to be the future Grand Duchess. But no, and oh, it's yes. just such lovely news. Oh, yes, completely love. I, I mean, I was really surprised by it because I, I had, like, given up on hope that they would have a child. If I mean, I don't know if I can say that I had hope because it's not my family, but um, to see that they are having a child, it's really special. And you can only imagine what difference this makes for in the life of Prince Felix, who up to now was the presumptive heir to his elder brother. Yes. And I, I, I mean, I would think that he would be like slightly relieved, but we never know. Because for the longest time, they were in like the king albert and queen paula position of it seemed like they were going oh, yes, to yes. king and queen so the position that they occupied up to yeah. the 90s i believe yes and then so i think for probably prince felix and princess claire are quite overjoyed and relieved in a sense they won't have to take that responsibility oh yes and they now are free to have a much more private life yeah. i mean they have they had up to now a very private life but now it's more going forward. It's like 100% sure that they can have whatever kind of life they choose. Yes. And I mean, we barely hear about the siblings of Grand Duke Henri, especially his brothers and their wives. So it'll be quite interesting to see that probably in the future we won't see uh, hear much from Prince Felix and Princess Claire after all. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, Grand Duke Henri became the monarch in 2000, I believe. Yeah. And before that, his younger brother, Prince Guillaume, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it, but his youngest brother, he had yeah. a much greater public role. And then like when his father abdicated, he went into a private lifestyle that I think would be the pattern to be followed by the younger siblings of the current hereditary Grand Duke. Yes, I think because it is such a small country, they have no need for a kind of even having a large working royal family. Yes, but I mean, right now they have just the reigning couple and the heir couple. Yeah. And that's it. And they have a couple of roles that join in for stuff, but nothing to Yes. I mean, eventually we get to see Princess Alexandra joining them for some events, and then we have. But I Prince don't Louis. think we're going to see more than what we have seen now. She's going to be there for oh, yes. National Day and stuff like that. But. I mean, Princess Alexandra is always uh, the stand-in for her mother. Yes. Like we saw at the Japanese state visit in 2017. Yes, and that was lovely. At this year's um, gala, when her mother, I think that she had an operation. No, she was visiting her brother. Yes. Was in her 
And actually, I was just thinking how lucky we were to get that gala because they weren't going to have the gala on the national day, and there probably won't be a national day now. So at least we got tiaras at some point this year. I I, I like to think that they like to keep that kind of appearance once a year at least. Yes. It's actually good because in some other monarchies, they don't even have that once a year. So we can go a long time without seeing them. Like, I wish, because in Monaco, they have a similar National Day gala with orders, but no tiaras. And that's oh, just yes, really yes. sad. And Especially I Carl. think that sometimes Princess Charlene doesn't even wear her order. It's just like Princess Caroline. Yes, I think there have been a couple of times she hasn't even worn the order. Or last year, she wore it with a tuxedo. And it did not look nice. Oh, yes. It was quite disappointing. It was, yes. At least for me. The same here. And yeah, so I also want to ask you how you're coping with the coronavirus crisis and how your life has changed. Oh, I mean, I, I think I tweeted about it just yesterday. And I was saying, like, I'm not much of a social person, but this social distancing thing is exhausting. I'm, I, I mean, I miss, I miss going to my classes every day. I miss going out and, you know, having to stay home that so much of my time, it's like a very intensive um, family cohabitation. Yes. And it, it can be a bit chaotic up to now and i mean i just hope that we aren't in this kind of life for much longer but i i mean i wouldn't think that we are changing much of it before june maybe july yes i know it seems like it's going to extend for quite a long time oh yes it's i mean it's been tough yes i, I think something that what we are watching right now will, will be a huge mark in humanity's history. Yes. I think people will be talking about it for a long time. And I mean, we are witnessing history, you know, in some ways, but it's, it's I mean, a very it's weird situation a, to be in. Oh, yes. I mean, no one in this century has seen something like that. And it will have a huge impact in our lives for a long time, be it in academic, in your academic life, your economic life. There are so many fields that will be affected for it. Yes. And I know it's not easy for anyone, especially for the essential workers who are not able to stay home as we are. And I mean, the reason we should stay home is so that the essential workers can do the, their job properly. And I think we should all applaud them. Yeah. And just hope for the better and stay home. And yes, and Protect stay home to keep lives. yourself safe and your loved ones safe. Oh, yes. I mean, in my family, we have our my grandmother staying with us because we don't think that would be great for her to be alone. Yes. And she's 80, 82. So she must be careful and all of us around her should be careful. Yes. You have to take extreme precautions. 
because it is oh, a yes, serious situation. I, I, I mentioned a few moments ago about a president here in Brazil because what he's saying that we should adopt is a isolation just okay. for the elderly and those who have some medical circumstances like yeah. diabetes and that kind of stuff. And that, would, that wouldn't solve anything. We would have the same problem because imagine that I'm going every day to university. I'm seeing hundreds of people and I would be just exposing herself to all those people that I have seen. Exactly. It's no good. And it's such a, a dangerous situation, especially because people aren't that aware, even after all these months of really, so we don't know much more than the basics about this disease and how it spreads and really exactly. the long-term exactly. impact. So to have kind of this dangerous rhetoric by politicians around the world, really, uh, saying these uh, things, because yes, there will be a huge financial impact, but so will it a big impact if like a major chunk of the population is ill or they pass away. And so it is really a scary situation. Oh yes, just today here in Brazil, we reached the mark of 2,000 people dead. And that's not something that we, that should be like a political debate. It's a fact, and we should act on it. And I mean, it's for all of us. I think we are missing our routine. I miss seeing my friends. I miss going places that places that are not my room and my kitchen, yeah. basically. But. We should, ha we should be hopeful that better days will come. And like the Queen said, we will meet again. Yes, I think um, that is a lovely uh, place to end the podcast for now. So it was lovely to oh, have yes. you. Um, please let everyone It was a pleasure know. to be here. Yes, and I'm pretty sure that you'll be back soon enough. So please let oh, everyone yes. know I would uh, be happy to. where to find you on social media. Oh, yeah. Um, you can find my Twitter. It's G underline my last name, which is Aquino, A-Q-U-I-N-O, one. I mean, it will be linked on the description of the podcast, I'm sure. Yes, yes. So no, no need to, for me to spell it quickly here. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on. And I hope- It was a pleasure, Saad have you on again soon. And today we also have a very special guest calling in from Denmark, Kasper Kallerell, who I would like to introduce himself. Hello everybody, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here with you and it's nice to sit and talk about some of our favorite topics here with Jury and Royal. Yes, it is really a lovely opportunity. So I'd like to start our conversation today with um, discussing Queen Margaret's 80th birthday celebrations, which yes. has been quite different from what was planned, but I thought they were quite fulfilling in a sense as well. What do you think? I totally agree. Of course, it was um, a big... Uh, Oh, Blora, what do you say? We got so sad when we heard there was not going to be anything. And of course, it's 
important that she showed the way that's a region of the country in these awful corona times but as you said um, when it when everything came to all it, it was actually quite a beautiful day the weather here in denmark was uh, beautiful and we uh, we all met up um, at 12 o'clock singing for her majesty and there were four songs that was uh, the people should sing and it was actually through the social media on facebook that a guy he uh, he suggested this and the and the danish television channels they took it in and so they make it a whole day project and they interviewed a lot of people and uh, and they talked to a lot of um, her, her, her the the organizations that she patrons and a lot of people just joined in with music and it, it started actually a, f uh, a month ago with this with the coronavirus that uh, a man called Philip Faber who is uh, the leader of the, the, the Danish girl choir uh, in the DR he uh, he has this morning singing and Crown Princess Mary she's a patron of this and then it just went on from there so she got celebrated with music the whole day and uh, she she actually watched it live and they showed in this show from 12 o'clock they were filming from her living room that she was watching this program and she said thank you and after that she went outside at Fransport Castle and waved to the people there was a little uh, crowd gathered there and they um, they saw her and she was so happy and touched and I was actually up there that uh, afternoon a few hours later walking my dog with a friend and uh, you could feel that it was like mm, beside all the the mosquitoes that just came out uh, there was a lot of buzzing and people were exciting and oh and oh there should have been a big big party here today but now we have it in like in another way and and then we went up in front of the castle and we heard some journalists talking oh we think she will have some guests tonight yeah, we, we, we heard somebody said that uh, the Crown Prince and Crown Princess Mary will come and Prince Joachim and Princess Marie and oh, they might come and join her for dinner, but without the kids, uh, the grandkids. And it actually showed that uh, it, they were coming at, at eight o'clock. Oh, wow. So I believe you were the first person to tell me about that. Yes. So it was just lovely to see how... It, it was very different, but like I saw in uh, one of the best parts for speech was when she was talking about um, that, has it been a long and sad day? And she was like, no, the day has brought me so many joys and has enriched it, uh, herself more than she could say. And of course, that was a huge surprise to uh, the whole population of Denmark that the queen actually uh, chose to, spoke, uh, to speak to her subjects. Uh, and, and seven o'clock and then they they interviewed the the prime minister shortly after and they said how long time did you know this and then she was like smiling a lot it's like it had been they have apparently been talking about it for a few days but it came out as a like a surprise for the for the people of denmark but it was a very touching speech much better than um, the one she made uh, like a month ago in the beginning of the coronavirus that was also a touching one but that was much more uh, uh, with um, more heavier cont uh, content um, and a message but here she was happy she was touched she was moved to see um, how many um, 
people and organizations actually choose to celebrate her. And then she was, of course, wearing the most beautiful brooch, the daisy yeah. brooch. The diamond daisy brooch, which I have to say is, I've, you know that I've did a whole feature on Queen Margarita's top eight jewels on the Royal Watcher. Yes, and the I daisy love it. brooch yeah. was really the top one that I could think of of her jewels. So it was just lovely to see how she wore it in the morning and then for the speech as well. Yes. And I was actually quite excited to see if she would change. Uh, but she changed her clothes, but not the brooch. So that was quite touching. And she, and she got it exactly 20 years ago uh, from her mother on her 60th birthday. So, And actually that day she was wearing another brooch. But you could see in the afternoon engagement there 20 years ago, she suddenly had, was wearing a new brooch. And so apparently Queen Ingrid gave her it to her over lunch or something like that yes and yes because at the balcony appearance she was wearing her uh pearl brooch from um yes. lady patricia yes and then and by the uh i believe the church service they had in the afternoon she changed it up and she was wearing the daisy brooch yes and i've actually seen this um the the pearl brooch from patricia ramsey i've seen it uh up close on her majesty really uh, but it's actually many years ago, she was opening uh, the new gardens of, uh, and the cascades of Frederiksborg Castle in Hillerød, which is like 10 kilometers away from uh, Frederiksborg. Yeah. It, uh, it hosts the National Portrait Collection. But then she was walking up there in the garden. Uh, it, it, it's more than 20 years ago, this. I think it was 18 or 19. Um, and she was wearing pearl and then she had this brooch and I was standing like a meter away from her. I could see it. And the only thing I was not looking at her face, I was looking at her brooch. I still remember it today. <laughs> wow, that's so fascinating. But that's one of the good things here in, in, in Denmark and in the Nordic countries. You you are actually able to get quite close to the to the royal family. And there's a respect that you don't approach them by, but you can stand fairly close if there's like uh, smaller engagements. That's something that really draws me into the Nordic royal families as well, is how close they are to their people. Because, yes. I mean, uh, this month, there's so many other uh, sovereigns, I believe six in total, celebrating their birthdays. Yes. But only in Denmark did they have this big celebration, and they yes. tried really hard to mark their queen's birthday, when in other countries they did not even attempt that. And the fun part is, like, it, it was supposed to be a three-day party, and uh, with all the organizations and all the the military and the marine if everybody would participate and um and you see there's made these different tv programs about her in these days and yeah. especially there was one about her uh her creativity and her, her artistic side where, where they show her where, where she's painting and she's uh, doing needlework and a lot of different things uh, and, and she talks about her life as an artist and but her main priority is uh, and main job is to be the queen but this is just a hobby and and it shows her in 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 uh, and she talks about it and you don't see other sovereigns doing this she talks from the heart and she she, she brings people in to her uh, most private um, hobbies uh, her, her private uh, life and we all get a little glimpse, but just a little glimpse. It, it should not be too much, but just a little. And I think that she invites us in, but then 
also there has to be a distance. But I think that's nice. And yes. for, for example, also on her birthday in the morning that she woke up and she went out to the sing. It was supposed to be a, a, a morning event where, the, where all the, the guests should come and sing for her. But it was just the staff in the in the big uh, room at Sport Castle. And she stands there with her hair down and you don't see the other sovereigns doing this. I mean, she shows that she's also just a, a female. She's a, she's a woman. She's yeah. a person. She's not uh, just uh, sitting on a pedestal and waving her hand and holding her crown. It's a very lovely um, kind of humanizing gesture from her. It is. And I think she's aware of that, even though she's not that much crazy about the media and she doesn't have an iPhone or iPad or anything, but apparently the people around her, are, are, and, and she is also onto it, they, they make sure that she's very modern, that you can follow her and the family on the social media. And, and, and they do, they are aware of that they have to give something. And they, I think they are. I love uh, around Christmas time when they post pictures of her decorations every day of the month. Yes, and I have a, list, a, a little Christmas calendar every day. <laughs> Yes, and it's just beautiful to see kind of how they are marking the holidays. Yes, it's a big thing here too, with with all kinds of Christmas stuff. We we love it here, especially the Queen, and she has always made it, made it um, especially when when they have their Christmas. Uh, most of the time, it's at Marcellus Borg Castle in Jutland, just south yeah. in Aarhus, and uh, that she likes to do the table decoration, and she sits with. Uh, paper, scissor, and small uh, glue sticks, and then she just sits and become very creative and do angels or trees or whatever she wants to. And then it's it's different every year. That's she something gets... that I really identify with because I'm the same. I whenever we yeah. have big dinner parties, I'm the person doing the table decorations in our house. Yes, so. I I'm exactly the same. I I love it. I'm I'm touched by a decorator inside. <laughs> So, uh, what did you think about the video with all the foreign royals wishing her happy birthday? I think it was was such a big surprise, and I loved it. And and I think it was funny to uh, to see how they all call, call her Aunt Daisy. Yeah. And also uh, that I, I have not seen this before, not even in in other countries that they send it back and forward like this. This. You, you, I love the Spanish king sitting there informal and, and talking and that the queen a little later on say, well, well we look forward to celebrate you later. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was that that one glimmer of hope that we got at this point. Yes. So. But uh, I've talked to some others here in Denmark that is also um, um, quite interested in it. And they say, well, she canceled it and that's it. That's it and that's that. But we do hope that will be... Uh, Yes, I was um, talking about this with the other guests on this episode, and we were discussing how um, Prince Christian still has his confirmation uh, later this year, and maybe um, because he has so many foreign royal godparents, they would get together, and during that time, they could also have a small dinner or a gala and celebrate Queen Daisy's birthday at that time. It could be, yeah, definitely. Uh, Most likely, he will be having his confirmation in late August or in the beginning of September, because that's where all his friends are going to have it. Yeah. My nephew is also going to be having his confirmation there. 
It was supposed to be on the 2nd of May, but they postponed it all to to the late summer and beginning of the autumn. When the situation hopefully has improved. Yes, definitely. That's everything with is with a but. <laughs> yes. But we hope for it. And but uh, I see what you mean here. It could be actually a good point now that you uh, got some of the godparents here. Then have this uh, the, a gala the day before uh, as the birthday because it's most likely a Sunday. He'll be having his confirmation. Yeah. And then they could have the confirmation there. Yes, and that way they can have kind of both celebrations, and the guests don't really have to come twice. Yes, that would be so convenient. nice. Oh, let's hope is the, the is, is the isn't it Crown Prince Hokon and Princess uh, Crown Princess Victoria that is the godparents? And I believe uh, Crown Princess Matima as well. Yes, and uh, a few others. So yeah, he has a very good group there. <laughs> Yes, but of course he's the uh, coming crown prince, so he should have these uh, the 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 heads of the family. Yes, or the coming heads. And I'm just going to confirm. Uh, so his other godparents are Prince Joachim and Crown Prince Pavlos. Yes, so we also have the Greece part. Yes, and so part. and probably and at his christening we also had royals from Belgium, Luxembourg, and Spain. So yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure we'll get a decent role contingent. Yes, definitely. I think so too. Yes, let's hope uh, someone uh, from the Danish Royal Court is listening to this podcast and kind of gets the idea. I think we should just send it to them, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. like, and we will advise them how to do it. You know, how you can do it. And it would be very nice with the tiara event. Yes, hopefully. I was uh, really wondering uh, because they did have the black tie dinner for her birthday, and yes. knowing Queen Daisy, she probably sneaked in a piece of her floral agrettiara somewhere in her hair. I would guess so. Oh, we all hope for that. That would be like, um, you know, this surprise gift that the um, the this uh, sapphire tiara that they put on exhibition in. Um, in a Megan Ball, the Fabergé yes. room that was sold a few years ago, that is bought by a private uh, person and now it's lended to this um, museum. That it could be like it was a gift for her actually, and she could wear it, but without it. But it's always allowed to have a little imagination and some fantasy. Yes. But we do know that it's probably not the big families that bought it like the Lego family and the Danfoss family and because they all gathered to buy the new chairs to uh, the Queen at Christiansborg Castle. Yeah. They were, were made here in my city, Hassan, at a local carpentry and they were designed by them. And But they're actually quite nice. They are grey and gold. Yes, and we then, saw the pictures of them. Um, actually, yes. the day I went to visit Amelienborg Museum, that's the day the yeah. pictures came out. Yeah, so now we think who is the person that actually bought this tiara and lent it to the museum? So perhaps the, the truth will come out one day. It's an exciting mystery. So. It is? <laughs> and we did get a couple of uh, kind of interesting things with that exhibition, especially because uh, it turned out that the guidebook was wrong and we found out on the, yes. the message boards that uh, they're going to change the information, but it was really kind of interesting place to be in. 
Yeah, because uh, I was I went to see the exhibition, but I didn't actually look in the book because I knew that it was from uh, uh, Christian and, and and a daughter of Rosenborg, and he got it from his mother. But it said in the book, and and I saw that you put it on uh, on on the blog that uh, that it belonged to Elizabeth. I said, "Wow, hey, something something is wrong here." Yeah, and I know somebody who texted them at a mailing box said, "Yeah, well, it's a mistake, so yeah, we will change it." But I think it's it's a big. It's a huge mistake here, and they're quite professional when they do these things. And especially for such a big part of the exhibition, because it was one of the smaller jewels, and we would understand this is one of the highlights that they've used to promote the exhibition everywhere. And, and to think of when it was sold, like almost two, uh, it's about two years ago at Brun Rasmussen, that was a huge exhibition. You could go and see it. And all the work that they put in to dig out the actual history about it. So everything was right there in front of them. So I don't see that well, how they could make how such they could mess that up. Yes. No, actually no. But I was so surprised when I saw the tiara. It's it's very beautiful. The the, the color of the sapphire is it's oh, what do you say? It's like mesmerizing. You become happy yeah. when you see it. And the diamond is are of a very good quality. But it's like the top of the tiara is is tilting. It's it's falling. Yes, a, a I little that like too. behind. And, and I think that's weird, actually. Um, and I would say it's um, as a design, it's not my favorite tiara. But I have to agree with that. As a tiara lover, I, I just love that it's there. But I think that it's, the design they made is um, it's not uh, nice. I think probably one of the things that I like best about that tiara is that it could be played around with. It wasn't necessarily set in stone as a tiara. Yes. So um, it hadn't remained with, and we don't know what the current owner might do, but they might be able to play around a bit with the design and kind of keep yes. kind of the integrity of it, but also be able to change things up. I think that would be Make quite it more nice attractive too. in that sense. Because yes. the top element on that is really weirdly placed. So yes, you have is. this bandeau base, and yeah. the base itself would be exactly. all right. It's more like a bandeau. Just with a little uh, topping. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I saw a TV program we have here in Denmark. It's a four-part program about uh, why is uh, Leopold not a king, and that's actually a, a program that uh, they made recently uh, with um, Count Christian and Countess and a daughter. They had uh, the three girls: yeah. Josefine, Feodora, and Camilla. And uh, I think it's uh, Josefine who got. Uh, she has four kids. And one of her boys, the oldest, he is a, he's a ballet boy at the Royal Danish Ballet. Yeah. And a historian person, uh, um, not a, it's a woman who is a historian. She asked him to participate in this program so they could like go and and search into the archives. Why did your family like was pushed out in 1953 when they made this change of the constitution? And they actually asked the royal family and Count um, Ingol uh, if it was okay that they made this program, and they said yes. And in this program, um, Josefine actually says that her grandmother, the uh, princess Caroline Matilde, that she wasn't a modern person. She she didn't adapt to modern life like Queen Ingrid did with the youth parties for the grandkids and things like that. She, she holds strict to the norms and forms. And when she said that, I was just thinking, yeah, she, and I have met this uh, 
princess back in 1995 uh, when this Camilla got married. I was there to look as a, on the side yeah. and um, she, they were not wearing tiaras. But um, she was not a modern person. Like I was thinking that uh, she didn't have flair to like help this, make a good design for this tiara back in those days. Yeah. Yes, uh, I was actually, it's really interesting you brought this documentary up because I saw an article about it somewhere a couple of days ago, but I didn't research into that. So it's uh, fascinating that they were all interviewed. And what were their kind of views on the whole situation? Because we know that the Danish royal family had this kind of uh, yeah. split after that referendum, and they weren't necessarily on speaking terms for quite a few years after that. I think that the program was made in a good tone, uh, but uh, it's only uh, the former count, uh, Comtesse uh, Josephine who's participating and then her son. Uh, the rest of the family members are not seen. I think that you see his brother at one point, he's playing a waiter at a dinner party, but otherwise they don't. you don't see Ingolf or anybody. Um, but there's a good tone. But I also think that he is, uh, this young guy is put in an awkward situation. They, they film him a little like a spoiled kid. Yeah. But he, and at some point he's, he's also like very interested and, um, you know, digging into the family history. And um, he is, um, he's, he's learning here, but you also see him as a, as a spoiled teenager. Uh, oh. I think it, it gives you a, a mixed feeling, but all in all, it, it's it's an okay program. But uh, interesting. It, yeah. it, it keeps point in that direction that it was mm, perhaps not that much Queen Ingle, perhaps it was who who um, who did some stuff in those days, but it was especially the, the prime minister who wanted it to happen. But it was under influence of Queen Ingle, it seems. Really. I'm, but not, nothing is proof. But this yeah. old prime, the one who was prime minister in those days, his son was speaking. He's an older man today, and he got some letters that showed that um, he was under some influence from some other people. Oh, wow. But the main part for for this Leopold was to actually see that his great grandfather he stood up for the family and said, "I will not put up with this. I demand you have to do something. It's not okay." So they made sure that, for example, uh, that Count Inkov got a part of the appanage, yeah. the annual income of the royal family, and he still does. He gets, uh, I think, a little over a million Danish crowns every year. Wow. So. And then he was given an estate, and that's it. He was yeah. provided for. And it's so, interesting that they still lost their uh, princely titles as well, because after they got married, because uh, at the same time, Queen Margrethe and her sisters. Queen Margrethe necessarily didn't really marry a royal, but she... No, it's exactly, exactly. But at, at the same time, uh, the other parts of the Rosenborg family, they also married and they lose their titles also, yeah. accordingly. So uh, it, they, there was a few who, who kept the title, which was a mix-up. Uh, this, uh, for example, um, Princess Vico. Yeah. Margaret. Margaret Eleanor Green from Manhattan, uh, or was the Connecticut there? Is she? Um, they, there was a, a mistake somewhere, so they actually got the title, but uh, they were still Count and Countess of Rosenborg. But they were okay. called Prince and Princess Vigo. And there was also uh, Prince George and Princess Anne. 
Yes, but I think this is a special case because she was um, she was out of nobility from from Great Britain, and she was the niece of the of the Queen Mother. Yeah, and she was the cousin of the Queen. So I mean, not to offend It'd anybody. Be a bit of a snob somewhere. We, we we can accept that. Let's give her a princess title. Yeah. And what is actually funny, there was uh, in one of these uh, older programs, uh, they have been resending in Danish television, there was a program about the Queen uh, being interviewed just before uh, a New Year's uh, gala dinner back in the in the 70s, right after yes, she became I believe queen. I've seen that one. Uh, yes. It's the one she's wearing her green gown and the emeralds. Yes, it is. I uh, love that. That is just a wonderful interview. I love that. Yes, and she sat there in in full regalia and having an interview. And they, I've never seen that before, actually. But at that dinner, Princess Anne is sitting. Really, I and, didn't notice that because I noticed Princess Margaret, uh, Princess Caroline Matilda, and I used uh, yes. a picture of her wearing her fringe tiara in my article on that. So yes. I remember it from that, but I don't. I didn't notice any of the other ones. And you also you also see Princess Margareta, and uh, she was also. Um, attending that and I've never seen that footage before because they never ever film from inside this event yes. and, and you also see that the Queen is actually courtesying to yes. the, 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 the assembled guests. people there yeah yes and you also in the same program see that she's um, taking people into audience and and talking to them and also an ambassador and you never see that today she will not allow it to say it's a private moment for everybody who comes to me and that was really, I think, the first year of her reign. So it was yes. more special than that. So I was actually so happy to see it here like 40 years, <laughs> 48 years later. Yes. And uh, I, about that curtsying, uh, I found out in the 80 facts the Danish court shared about her. We found out that uh, that tradition actually comes from Queen Ingrid, who does? used to do something similar uh, at the Swedish openings of parliament. Yes, and you actually see it recently in this new fantastic program about the Swedish jewelry that you see um, uh, Queen Louise and uh, Princess Sibylla and then the, the young princesses. Uh, they are purchasing three times when they go in on the balcony for the people, yeah. uh, for the state opening. And um, so she took it with her to Denmark and then uh, Magrede, Queen Magrede, she also told her two daughter-in-laws that when you go in, we courtesy to the floor. And up again. It's a lovely tradition. <laughs> yes. And actually, I have another thing about that documentary is that it's talking about really the circumstances of the Swedish monarchy and how they're kind of sure that it's going to be abolished in the next few years. Yeah. Did you uh, get that feeling? or That's the feeling I got, really. They were yeah. talking about the it's out uh, old-fashioned and outdated and the yeah. government's changing so it probably won't even last a decade but it's it's quite interesting because there has been what i see in the media here and reading the danish and swedish magazines that um, after this uh, in, incident with the with the king and and his mistress a few years ago uh, in you saw the queen she she kept um she was still elegant and she didn't talk about it. And this, uh, and at the same time, Crown Princess Victoria got married to Daniel. Uh, I think they were married at that time. And the, the guard is still, and then uh, this is Oscar. And 
it helped and the Swedish people actually like that they are so open and a little like the the the, the, the Danish royal family yeah. and I think that this friendship between the crown prince couple in Denmark Norway and Sweden is meaning so much because you also see the same thing happen in in Holland that they 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 like each other and, and they take it in they try to go a little down with the people yes and and, and and you get to follow them at their summer house or many events and and they like to talk to people exactly yes what well, the swedish um so this is i think i should clarify that i'm talking about the documentary from the 70s yes so okay uh, and i was um for me it was very much like a opening of how big of an impact Queen Sylvia has had on the Swedish monarchy and she's been so popular that yes. really we wouldn't even think about the Swedish monarchy being in like a difficult place these days. And it's especially because it was like, um, what do you say, it has been in a tomb uh, for years, it was dark and it was, it was full of a lot of uh, rules and regulations and it was old and dusty and a lot of men and, and, and women that tried to, uh, well, uh, was not that interested in, in, in staying in Sweden because it was so cold and there were so many stories. Yes. And, and actually to see like when one of, uh, was it Crown Princess Louisa, when she came to Denmark and married the Danish Crown Prince, that she brought all this jewelry that could lay on a billiard table. Uh, but they still have a lot up there. Yes, but she, she also brought a lot to Denmark, so I think what a collection that must have been up there. And quite a bit went to uh, Norway as well. So if you yes. think about how um, a Queen uh, Josefina Floytenberg, the jewels she must have had, like she had yes. all of these jewels in her collection. And to see what actually um, what the what the Norwegian family has, they have quite a lot. And there were there were also, as far as I understood, there was supposed to be a third uh, episode of this um, Swedish jury with a connection to Norway, but apparently they don't want to participate. Yes, because uh, it was, I believe it stems from how 25 years ago their uh, Queen Maud's pearl tiara was stolen. Yes, yeah. And they really don't was, want any unnecessary attention on their jewelry. No, and I actually also wrote recently that, um, I don't know if it was on your blog, that uh, a lot of other jewelry also got stolen there. Yeah. And then part of the settlement was to uh, re uh, reestablish the tiara, and then the, at the same time the queen and the king had a civil wedding, so they, he got the amethyst career yeah. and gave it to Sylvia as part of the settlement of something there. Which is, I mean, it's not a bad replacement, but we're not really sure what was lost in that. No. Yeah. We, we were not. And uh, another funny thing is that there is a documentary here in, uh, in, in the Danish television called Queen Maud's Photo Album. Oh. And it's a, it's a new one where you actually, uh, and it shows that uh, Queen Maud was, um, uh, you know, she was a princess of uh, Great Britain that got married to the Danish prince. Yeah. And uh, suddenly they become uh, this, uh, the, the, the the king and queen of um, of Norway, but she had 42 photo albums wow. and she loved to take pictures. So you actually follow her uh, in, in this program through the photo album. And they also said that when they started to look at them, they, they, they got a lot of knowledge about how they lived in, for example, Appleton House uh, in, when, when they lived in England, when, when she actually died there. And everything was packed down 
and sent to Norway and has been packed down ever since. So now they're trying to, they have a storage room in Oslo where they are taking out the furnitures one by one and then they're cleaning them and they take a picture and then out of her photo album, they can see where it actually was. Oh, wow. But um, it all, she, she had this beautiful figure and she had uh, this very slim waistline, but she, she looked so elegant and she had beautiful jewelry. And some of these uh, jewelry went on, of course, in the family. But um, when um, King Olaf, no, Crown Prince Olaf um, married, um, she never became queen, his wife. Yeah. She died. Uh, yes. And then the jewelry, they were um, uh, like hidden. And so it was uh, Princess Astrid, who was like a first lady for, uh, for many years even though she was married to Mr. Ferner yes. and because her sister was living in, in Brazil and of course the conference didn't marry for many years later. And at that time when he got married, they, it was the deal that then they will divide the jewelry with, between the uh, Princess Raunhild, Princess Astrid and uh, the, the Crown Prince Harald. Yeah. And now that after Raunhild passed away a few years ago, she was supposed to send some of her jewelry back and some she could keep. And the same will happen when Princess Astral passed away, passes away. And then it will be see, interesting to see, for, I think they will wait until uh, Prin Princess um, Ingrid Alexandra is, is ready to come of age, you know, um, and, and go out uh, wearing a tiara. There, there will be something for her of the old historic jewelry. Just that'll be some, really interesting to see what she wears because she's. Uh, approaching her 18th birthday so yes we'll probably see something very interesting and i she is i believe um one of the first ones to come to her 18th birthday after uh princess elizabeth of belgium so she's kind of the yes. next one and what is uh, is it amelia in holland she's 16 now yes yes she's 16 so, she's 17 this year yes so it's it's uh, i hope we will see them Yes, I, probably the, next year we have, probably if not even if they're not attending gala events, at least an official portrait or two, one of the yes. But that was also funny to see when she had her confirmation, was that last, uh, no, two years ago? Last and, year? No, uh, last August. Yes, uh, that uh, Prince Christian of Denmark was, was there as well, um, because he's going to be a sovereign one day and she is, so they... they they start early now to, to make the connections with the young people. Yes. And I'm pretty sure she'll be there at his confirmation too, because both of her so parents yes. are his godparents. So. Wearing her little ruby heart. Hopefully. <laughs> and but, if they have a tiara I, event, then that will yeah. Let's hope. But that she received the bracelet from... Um, from uh, yes, and it's so beautiful. It's, it, that has really a big history and, and family value there. Yes, I like that. with the Order of Victoria and Albert. Yes. So... Be very, there's really some exciting things to look forward to in the future. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I hope that, um, I hope that the Queen will have a birthday here in, in the autumn, like, if not an official, then a private one, and then they will send a little about it and we will see some good jewelry. Yes. If, if not at least the big um, the banquet at Christianborg or a, a gala performance, at least something small at Friedensborg. Yes. And something with tiaras. 
We don't know. That would be lovely. So, and they, there's, uh, there's a still an, a big event, I think, that they're going to make. Because all the Danish communes, uh, there's 98 communes in Denmark, and they agreed on giving a, a gift to the, to the Queen. Yeah. And she was supposed to receive a picture from each city. Made and you were by, telling me about that as well, about your students. Yes. And, and, and it so it's, should be made by two kids from the third grade. And uh, each group, and I was uh, so lucky to be the one uh, um, doing it here in my city. Um, so I had two kids making it up. And, but they, she, could, she, she didn't receive it yet. They were supposed to go and give it to her and have a group picture taken with her. But they put so much energy in, 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 in the communes to do this project. So I think, I hope that they will like invite them later this year when, when things are more settled uh, to, to actually give her all those paintings. Yes, there is something exciting. Yes. But uh, they, they put it in the newspaper and they put it on Facebook. So uh, they, they got to see it in this city. It's, it's, it's not a surprise anymore. <laughs> yes, that's nice. And I think that's another thing that we can probably look forward to uh, and have this kind of idea, okay, hopeful that there will be something happening at least. Yeah. Yes. So now uh, let's move on from Denmark and I'd like to talk to you about uh, kind of your uh, relationship with royalty and royal jewels and how did you kind of get into that? Well, that's, um, that was when I was a child. I, my father's mother, my, uh, my grandmother, she was, uh, she was a very uh, elegant lady. She became 98 and a half. She died, well, uh, many years ago now, but she was so interested in the royal family and in jewelry. And she, she didn't have any like big whoopers, but she had some elegant pieces. And we always talked about it. And she started bringing me to, uh, castles and she was living in Copenhagen. I always lived here north of Copenhagen, like 22 kilometers north. Yeah. And, but then I went in and we went to see the castles and other museums. And, and then my mother, she is, um, she's a pearl lady and she loves uh, jewelry and she has some very nice pieces. And I think I was eight years old when I started to find my first blink piece on, on a flea market. Yeah. And then I, I really started to collect uh, bichouterie and paste and different kind of, all different kinds of uh, simile or beautiful jewelry. And then when I like became a little bit older, I'm 42 today, but um, like is it 10 years ago, I started to change my collection by buying more antique and when it was possible, and for the right price or to, to get like a real piece uh, you know uh, to upgrade it i think when you are a collector you um, you you do that you you like follow um uh, uh, what should i say like a rhythm or you um you, you develop your taste and yeah. and, and i've been to specific pieces what about you're drawn to like the specific styles of pieces. Yes, I definitely like the, you know, the late Victorian age, this 1890 down to 1900 and this beginning of the, the next century. It's, it's, I love the, the delicacy with the garland style and it's so elegant and all these when they got a tiara and you can use it in 
multiply like, multiple different ways and you can take it apart and put it together in a new way. I love that idea. Yes. And I travel a lot and I have been lucky enough to see quite a few exhibitions over the years. And I always bought a book there and there and suddenly I just got a very nice library with good books and, you know, reading about it. And But what I really love about royalty is the history of the jewelry. So it was amazing to see this Swedish program now in the two episodes uh, where they're telling about uh, the history of it and they find out and and then how is it passed on and how do they use it? Is is it at a funeral? Is it at a wedding? Or when do they give it on? In which connection? I like when they there's a lot of um, thoughts and uh, feelings behind it. Yes, especially because when as royal watchers we look at jewelry and especially royal jewels and try to make up those links and connections and yes. connect the dots, but. It's really nice to know that the royal are not just thinking of them as objects and they're using them kind of to convey that message. Yes. But you also see even the historians have to guess sometimes, but it's so close to what... And then if you read the biographies of these persons, then you think, well, this is most likely what they would have done. So, of, of course, it, it, it's, it, it adds up to the story when you can, like, make the ends meet up. Yes. And, and it was also lovely yeah. to see how they kind of acknowledge the impact that bloggers and uh, people online have had on the names of the jewelry because they were talking about the Connell Tiara, which they're talk, uh, referred to in the family as Princess Sibylla's Tiara or yes. the nine-pronged Tiara, which they call Queen Sophia's DNA. Yes. But uh, uh, one of my favorites in, in Sweden is actually the, the, the Connell Tiara. I think it's so beautiful. It is, but I think it was also funny uh, to see how she took out Princess Christina, this little necklace, and it, it can be said in many different ways. It has this versatility. Yes, it is just a lovely. Um, I think in a big collection like Sweden, it's not necessarily that needed, but in smaller countries, that is very important to kind of make the most of their collection. Yes. It's... That's actually where I'd like to move on and ask you about your dream collection of tiaras. They can be royal tiaras or styles you like from different periods in history. So yes. I believe it can be any number you like, but let's go with like six for now. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, the Danish emerald tiara is, right, is, is, is quite nice. And uh, I understood that, that, that you thought it was a little small, smaller than expected. Yes, I thought it was quite, especially because the following week I went to see the French crown jewels and I saw the French Emerald Terror and that is like kind of massive. Yes. It does like fit around the head rather than on the head. So yes. with this one, I was kind of underwhelmed, but the parur with it is just stunning. But when you see it together, it, 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 I, I just love it. I love to go to uh, Rosenborg Castle and see those jewelry because of the, in the real life, the deep color of those stones. I mean, they're they are just gorgeous. I love it. They are, and, and I, I was really touched to see the big stones in the diamond covers as well. And oh, really, they I did are. not necessarily think they would be that huge, but when I saw it, I think those are, um, because yes. this is really the first or second time I've even seen royal jewels in real life. So it was yes. really amazing to see. And, and this, uh, and, and the, 
the, the flower bouquet, the brooch that she used on her, like a corsage. Yeah. It used to be three times bigger back oh, in, wow. but Strunze, who was the doctor uh, and who had an affair with Kali Matilde, he uh, demolished it, he, he let it demolished so there could be an order for the, the queen, Kali Matilde. Yeah. But they still left some of it. <laughs> wow. But it's quite big it's in a way. It's still quite big too, yeah. yes. And, and I, I love that it's trembling on these small uh, springs, or what do you call these, uh, feathers uh, or springs? Yes, or? Uh, springs. I believe yeah. the style is called En Tremblant. En Tremblant, oui. Yeah. And then uh, another era, I would say, uh, it's the Kono in Sweden. So that's two, the Emerald in Denmark and the Kono. And um, I also like uh, Queen Maxima in yeah. her sapphire tiara that she had for her instrument. Really I think that uh, compared to what it used to be, I think it's much more elegant. Yes. Was and it it's a very unusual design as well. Like when yes. I think about the sapphire tiara, it's not necessarily something that you'd see anywhere else. No, but, but I like the design. And even those two cuffs, the, the, the bracelet that uh, is the original ones, yes. they're also quite nice. They're really pretty. And then I also like the the ruby tiara in uh, in Holland, the one where you uh, what is the name of it? The peacock have... one or the malaria one? Uh, it's the one where they have the three hanging ropes of diamonds. Yes, that's the malaria one. Yep, the malaria one. That's that one I like. That's quite. It's also a, uh, there's also a necklace for it. Yes, and mm. I love the because she's worn the stomacher for that in like varying lengths as well. Yes. So I love seeing that. And that is huge also. Oh. Yes. She but hasn't worn the full one yet, but. No. And it was also funny to see what she was wearing the Stuart Sierra in England. It was, that was the full Monty. <laughs> yes, that was, I actually, I have to say that when I saw her that I expected that she would wear the tiara without the Stuart like she wore in Luxembourg because it looked very balanced and in proportion then. And she'd yeah. wear the Stuart like as a, pendant from her necklace or from yes, her yes. and that would kind of balance stuff out rather than having just this huge massive tiara but it but it's it's it, it, it's gigantic it, it, it's so huge. big <laughs> yeah. and um i um i actually like uh, the the pearl and diamond tiara in norway that from from queen mode that sonia yeah. is wearing today the one that uh, was stolen back in the 90s and then the uh, that was redone. I, th I think it's 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 nice. It's and you lovely. can also you yeah. can also have different versions of that. You saw that. I actually the like of... the smaller version than the larger version, but that's mainly because Queen Sonia wears it so much. Yes, and, and you only saw it in the smaller version for, uh, for example, for the wedding of uh, Princess Matilda Louise. Yes, um, but I think that's nice. It is a lovely piece. And one more. Oh, oh, I think there's so many. We could also go to England. Um, I, uh, I'm quite interested in this collection of Mrs. Greville. Oh, I, I think it's a big, big uh, mystery. But, but I do like the tiara that, uh, the, that she's wearing, the Duchess of, of Cornwall from yes. Margaret Greville, the big one that came from the Queen Mother. It is a magnificent piece, and I mean, people either love it or they hate it. There's no kind yeah. of. Yeah, but I just think I, I wouldn't. Well, I, I think I'm more 
Breast, no, what can I say? I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm so much in love with it, but I still think it's stunning in a way. And, and, I, and I love to see the, all the pictures from it, like when it was originally, before it was made like this, it was more like these uh, branches or something. And then Mrs. Gravel uh, had it made on yeah. over to this. And then the Queen Mother changed it. But I think it's nice. Yes, and it really does suit Camilla. And that, especially with her hairstyle, I don't think it would yes. really suit a lot of people. It's and we only saw her one time with this Teddy uh, Durba uh, tiara. Yes, yeah. for a state visit from Norway. Yes, but I, I would like to see her in something different than her pearls and that tiara. Yes, I would love that too because I think I've covered um, almost 20 tiara occasions from Camilla in the past yes. few years. And yeah. she's worn, I think, that tiara and that same pearl choker for 18 of them. So, okay. And with the so same gown as well. So Yes. It's not necessarily the most exciting. And no. I have to say, like, oftentimes, I'm literally just copying and pasting the same descriptions from the last her, last chair I meant to the next one. Yeah, which is quite boring, actually. It is quite boring, so. And, so and, it's, a, and it's such a special country with all that history, and they have so much in the vaults. I mean, and, and, and I, I still i am excited to see one day uh, if they will open up and show, because, like, the queen said during she was sitting in uh, for a painting and she said like that uh, queen alexandra's stuff was still in the world and then ever since people have just been like what what is it there is the collier de resilier or what's there yes and so, that's one of those mysteries that we have no idea about but just like that uh, presumably it was the the the, the mrs greville uh, necklace that the queen was wearing for the diplomatic dinner last December, I mean, or was it November, when she came with this huge, huge, huge necklace with yeah. the emerald drops. And, and I, to be honest, I actually don't think it suited her that I much. I don't think but, it either. But, but it was the necklace to was huge. It was. Yeah. And all these small puzzles. And I think that's something we will probably see on Camilla in later years. I could imagine so, yes. Because she has worn quite a lot of gravel pieces already. So. Yes, definitely. It'll be a striking picture. And actually now I'll probably talk a bit about my cream collection of tiaras as well. So yes. I think um, probably the uh, each collection needs a big gun tiara, like the one, the Braganza in Sweden, the yes. Empire tiara in Luxembourg, the Stuart. So probably my dream collection would include like if this big um, diamond tiara from the Napoleonic era or from the 1840s. Yes. That's really in design they don't no longer make. And then I'd also like to have a fringe tiara because I think that's just one of those versatile things. Yes. Uh, as well as a floral tiara, oh. like the one they have in Luxembourg, which I think is probably one of the most beautiful, or the one in Spain too. This, yeah, the Spanish one is also quite nice, but I, well, then I have to say, like, the one that the, my queen, Margarita, has, that one yes, is nice, too. Yes, that's also lovely, too. But, but I have I, to admit, I like it worn kind of the older style than how she wears it now. Yeah, but I think it's because of her head shape. Yeah. Uh, that's more like oval than round. You saw Queen Ingrid, she was wearing it on, on its crown, but I think 
Queen Margrethe did it one time, was it in Sweden on her first or second, uh, first official visit, I don't know, but ever since she has been like, put it around her head. But there is some nice, um, uh, these leaves and the flowers, I think it's quite delicate. And I don't think that at Crown Princess Mary, she doesn't have that shape of a head, so she'll probably wear it more traditionally in the future. Definitely, I think so. And as a would the floral tiara, I'd also I'd like to include a Art Deco piece because mm. I think it's very like a different, totally different style. Um, and it's do you have a, a, do you have a special one in mind? Um, I would say generally um, not a particular one, but I do like the bandeau they have in in Belgium. Yes, the nine provinces tiara. Yes. Or the Queen Elizabeth's diamond bandeau as well. I, I, I do like the, the Nine Province tiara, but I, I think it becomes, uh, when they put the, 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 the Nine Province diamonds on top, it becomes a little, um, mm, I'm not it's so happy about chunky, that. chunky, in a sense. Yeah, but I like the base. Yes, I, actually, well, I like the base as well. That's what I'd like to include. I have the book about the, the royal jewelry from Belgium. Um, I got it many years ago. I actually bought it in Paris in an English bookshop on Rue de Rivoli. And um, I was, it was funny to see in details what they have, but it's amazing what they have had. Yes, because they have the smallest collection. And you where can. are the emeralds? I mean... <laughs> that is actually uh, one of the big mysteries. It uh, is in general because I'm um, looking because some of them went to Grand Duchess Josephine Charlotte. Yes, and I think uh, realistically, probably they ended up with her. That's it the big be. mystery. I have yeah. an article coming on them uh, for Queen Astrid's anniversary of her death um, oh, in August. That sounds good. So. I've been collecting images and tiny snippets of information for the past two or three years. Okay, cool. So I haven't necessarily come to a conclusion yet, but I have seen kind of little clues here and there of Grandma's Josephine Charlotte wearing emerald pieces. Okay, so they have, could be broken up a set in a new way or... Yes, but, I believe also... her emerald peacock tiara is the kind of big thing. So that's my dog. That's all right. <laughs> Somebody outside, he's guarding. Um, but it's it's quite intimate. But it could also be that uh, Princess Devitu, uh, that did, did she sell anything that we don't know of? Yes, or are they yes. with uh, Princess Leia today? I think or? the big thing um, that I haven't found out about is the massive emerald earrings and that brooch. Yes. What happened to them? Because I have not been able to find anything about where they ended up after the 1960s. But I, I remember many years ago, I, I, I wrote a place, uh, and that was before um, uh, he died. Was it Alexander, his name was, Princess Leah's husband? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that he got some jewelry from his mother. And, uh, but I haven't seen them on, on Princess Leah, but they said that she, they had a big um, collection there. Really? But it's only what you, it was only something that I, uh, I wrote out of a magazine and my, it was a French magazine, I think it was, and my cousin, she was translated because she speaks French. So yeah. I don't have it as a sure evidence, but it was just like, 
then I start to build up my in my imagination. We've seen uh, Princess Leia, I believe, in the royal wedding in Albania. She wore a lovely yes. diamond brooch and earrings. Yeah. But I'm not. I don't really make the connection with the princess directly. So. But it was funny to see her participating there. Yes. That, that she was the one. Yeah. But she looked very elegant that day. Yes, but she always does. She is an elegant yeah. woman. She is quite elegant. So it'll be interesting. I'm pretty sure if it's with that branch of the family, we'll probably never find out uh, what happened to those jewels. But most likely. Most likely, yes. Unless because the Belgian royal family does a documentary like the Swedish someday. Oh, that would be lovely. Like oh, in Luxembourg. Mm. Yes. Oh, in Luxembourg. I can imagine all the Benelux countries doing that. Now that would be really fun. Especially Holland. I mean, Holland it's so Holland. interesting yeah. that collection they have, and and also to know that uh, what will happen with them. I mean, how are they? Is it owned by now the three sisters, or how well, is it? Do we have any any actual evidence about her, her, who owns them? Yes, and um, the Holland, I believe most of them is in the foundation. Yes. And um, they do have some smaller private jewels. Yes. But mo they are kind of in that foundation as well. So they don't can sell them. Or if they do want to sell them, then the other sisters buy them for this private objects. Yep. Okay. And they have like we saw with princess christina selling some stuff and that was really the most private like personally owned stuff and yeah. i don't believe those objects were in the foundation well wasn't it also told that she was the one who got the malaria ruby barrier uh, when beatrix turned 18 or something or? Uh, no that was irene uh who got yeah. the peacock one the peacock one okay yeah yes and it was actually a very uh interesting story in that they so uh, they went to Queen Wilhelmina's for tea the day Beatrice turned 18. Yes. And uh, she instead gave the ruby power to Irene, which was like a weird situation. And yes. I believe she, in recent years, she's kind of had to sell it back to the foundation or to Beatrice mm. because of her financial. Yes. But, but that's also just like a lot of guessing or and yes. oh, is it a fact or but but that's what makes it so interesting here like we are treasure hunters in, in another way exactly we, we want to and that's why history. we do kind of need that documentary to tell us yes you know, what happened to it because they said they have a lot of beautiful jewelry there they do. but perhaps they uh could be afraid like uh to touch some of the stories because it could be uh some stories about the diamonds from the past from the colonies or that they don't want to have out but i mean it's there just embrace yeah. it and be honest about it and i think uh in these days and this day and age it's important to acknowledge the fact that they have all these jewels yes. and share them with the public rather than hide them away i think that, that that's one of the situations the queen of england is sitting in that she has so much that yeah. it's, it's it's like embarrassing to to open up to show what they have but then with all these uh, very good um, hunters like us and also the uh, our colleagues, you could call it that, that are so good in digging into history that they know that it's there, but then eventually it comes out like the, the weddings we saw the last few years with the with the Emerald Gravel Tiara and and the other 
uh, the diamond tiara from Queen Mary and it comes out, but it has just been laying there for the last 80 years almost or something like that. It's like, <sighs> and you think about like also the diamond bandeau worn by the Duchess of Sussex on her wedding. Like yes. that wasn't worn. I believe the last time it was worn seen was worn by Queen Mary in the fifties, but it also was worn by Princess Marina in nineteen thirty-five. Yes. And you think about how kind of there is that connection of it was used for younger daughter-in-laws, and that's how it was used today as well. Yes, and where is it today? <laughs> so it's uh, with the Queen. So it was yeah. just loaned to Meghan for the wedding, yeah. and it's back in the Queen's vault. But um, but it's also funny to see, I think it's uh, funny or funny, but to see what uh, I, I really enjoy the the Countess of Wessex. I think she's she seems like a very uh, true person to what she um, commits herself to, and and she seems so. Uh, full of love with a good heart. But then she has these two, what can you say, the funny aquamarine tiaras? Yes. But, but her wedding tiara. That is... Whoever, whoever put that one together, I mean... But now I saw that, uh, I also read this in, in Angela Kelly's book that she helped provide it uh, to be changed, was it last year? Yes, um, and you were the American state banquet. Exactly, well. yes, and, and, and it, 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 we only have a blurred image of it, but it looks better. But yeah. it would be nice to see a better picture. But I don't understand why. It might be historic pieces from Victoria, from this the crown. You could see they have been in a box, but yeah, it, it's still not very well put together. It's not that attractive in that sense. It's no? just cobbled together and. I'm not sure uh, with the British royal family, they have this like fine line between loaned jewels and personal jewels. And I believe that the aquamarine tiaras are personal jewels with the Countess of Wessex, but the diamond one and her wedding tiara might be loaned from the Queen's collection. So she can't okay. pass that on to her children. Yeah, it could be, wow. But I think the aquamarine ones, those are personally owned and she'll probably give that to her children one day yeah it could be yes but um but i think that this the, the design there could also you know well the one that can also be worn in a necklace is 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 quite nice but i think it's it is is like the one that princess Anne has she has this uh, is it the pine uh aquamarine tiara it, it's it's of course it's it represents the the era and the time it was made in but I think there's room for improvement in the design. Yes. Because it's a beautiful stone, but it's also when, like the, the own suite that the, uh, that the Her Majesty the Queen has with the Brazilian aquamarines, they become so big, so it's difficult to actually make them elegant. Yes, and I think the tiara um, with that, I, the earlier version that was really beautiful, in my opinion, the smaller yeah. version, and then once you made yes. it bigger, it's quite ugly now. It became uh, whoopie dooby. <laughs> yes. And the suite with it, the necklace and the earrings, they're actually quite pretty as well. But yes. because the tiara is so ugly, it overwhelms everything else. Yes, it, it becomes like, hmm, that, that was that. It was like, a, 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 she looks like a revue queen or matinee or what do you say? This, uh, yes. it, 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 I think it spoils it a little. It's very theatrical. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily look that real either. So, I mean, I'm no, not a big fan of that 
I look very uh, much for. the tiaras she's worn, uh, she's designed in her own reign. Yes. L like this, uh, the Burmese ruby uh, tiara that she had made. Yes. Uh, I've, I've never been a big fan of it, but I, I can see when I see it in some pictures, it, it, it sparkles and it's nice. But I think that her taste in designing jewelry is, is not so refined. It, it's, she has her own taste, definitely. Yes. And I mean, I think of it in that she doesn't really have the Prince Albert who designed all the jewels for Queen Victoria. Prince oh. Philip doesn't really have that kind of refined taste in jewelry as well. They so. are. I love them. They, this, uh, I was so fortunate to see them this um, this new year I spent in London. So I went to see to the Victorian Airport and I saw the Sapphire Tiara. Oh, wow. It's quite beautiful. It's small, but you can yeah. see how versatile, no, not versatile, but it, it, it's so easy to uh, move because it's a lot of small um, parts. Yes. But you don't actually see it in the front. But then I went to um, the Kensington Palace and there I saw the the emerald uh, the, the tiara and the, the necklace and the brooch and the earrings. Yeah. What a beautiful design. He was he was good this Albert. <laughs> yes. And he also designed rubies and almost all of Queen Victoria's tiaras, so he yes. was quite busy. What was he also the one making the um, the this ruby tiara that was originally with, with opals that the queen mother was wearing yes he also designed that for the oriental yeah. circle it, it's a long time since we have seen that one on the queen uh yes she wore it she's only worn it once she wore it yeah. in 2006 in malta i believe and yeah. yes she wore the necklace and earrings from that um she actually wore it at the american state banquet last year and she also wore it in germany but she hasn't worn both of them together Oh. It would, it would be, I'm, I'm quite excited to see what will happen when, in, in the future after the, after the Duchess of, of Cornwall and Prince Charles have their reign, but to see when William and Kate comes in and see what she will wear and how she will wear it. Yes, I think um, because Kate has a different style, uh, maybe the Burmese ruby tiara I think would really suit her in that sense because Could be. her, her hair and how she styles her tiaras as well. And then with the ruby tiara, no, with the ruby necklace from the Queen Mother, from the is it from the Greville collection? I, I... Yes, I know the ruby necklace from the Queen. Um, the, that's from Queen Victoria's collection. So that's. Oh yeah, that's yes, yes, tiara. definitely. There and, is uh, but... that uh, ruby bandeau necklace from the Greville collection that she's worn already. Yes. That she and uh, at the Spanish banquet. But, but they actually have uh, some 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 quite nice rubies there. The, Oh my God, the stones are, it's rare to see them so big. Yes, I um, the British actually are really lucky in that they have almost complete, like, carols and almost all the stones. Yes, but you, you definitely see that the Queen is not a fan of amethyst. Yes, and I that's mean, this... where I'm counting on Camilla to wear the amethyst when she was. Yes, because she has this necklace from Queen Alexandra, from yes. she got. And, and and she she's good in in amethyst and the necklace from this is it the Kent amethyst? Yes. Is it called that? It's the Kent oh, amethyst. I like it. It's stunning. Like and I like that in is in Sweden that they have this set of uh, necklace and earrings and uh, a tiara. 
that, that they, they reorganized it, but, but the color of the stones, it's so nice. Yes, and it's really striking because that necklace is just, um, it is massive and it looks natural as a tiara. Yes, and then she took the two bracelets and made an, uh, a necklace. <laughs> Which is actually our, a lovely idea. So. Yeah, it, it is. And, and Sylvia did a lot of things there with the jewelry. But I think it's, uh, I was surprised that they didn't mention it in, in the program. No, they did not actually, which was interesting. But uh, she did talk, I think I saw this program more as a sequel to the other, the Royal Jewels documentary that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I saw it more as, so they already featured those jewels at that time. But now they're featuring kind of new stuff. Yeah, and the more uh, the more massive pieces. Exactly. Yes. So, well, I think our conversation has turned quite long, and we can continue talking for a long time. Yes. Sorry, I, I just love to talk. Sorry. <laughs> yes, same here. And I'd love to have you on again. It's been really fun, and I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Likewise, it was a pleasure to be here, and I I love to follow you, and you are it's you are a true inspiration. Thank you so to, much. Uh, and it's with, with so all lovely your knowledge. to, uh, I know uh, when we met a couple of weeks ago, I think of that meeting as just really prophetic because um, we met and then uh, that cafe that we were at, I forgot my umbrella. And yes. when I went to go get my umbrella the following morning, I went, also took the opportunity to go to Rosenberg and see a couple of other sites around Copenhagen. And the next week, all the Corona lockdown happened and I yes. was, told to come back so if we hadn't met then i probably wouldn't have gone to see rosenberg that day either no and that would be so awful not to have I missed know. that exactly but we made so many plans to do while you were still in denmark but um, hopefully there will be another time and hopefully yes there's a lot of things to see <laughs> yes i'm really excited to return sometime as soon as this all lifts so let's and i'm sure that we'll have a lovely time when we meet again but I also like to say, if, if if other listeners would like to come to Denmark or plan to do it in the future and would like to see something, they shouldn't hesitate to ask. I would love to meet up or to talk or to give some of my own advice uh, if they would like to come here. So they're most welcome to contact me. That's wonderful. So yeah. uh, on that note, where can people find you on social media? I'm on uh, Twitter and on uh, Instagram as Royal. And on Facebook as Casper V. Larsen. That's wonderful. Thank you yes. so much for being on. And You're welcome. I hope to have you on again soon. Be Thank you to both Casper and Gabrielle for being such fun guests on today's episode. If you'd like to be a guest or would like me to discuss a particular royal topic, please message me on social media or send me an email at royalwatcher at hotmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as The Royal Watcher and also on royalwatcherblog.com, where I post daily articles. Please use hashtag royalwatcherpodcast on social media and tell me what you want me to talk about in future episodes. The podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major streaming platforms. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay at home.